Rookie Divas, pros, welcome. Now I must tell you, you have a long and arduous three-month journey ahead of you that will end with a happy ending for only one of you. Being a WWE Diva is one of the greatest achievements that one can earn in all of entertainment. Divas are smart, they are sexy, and they are powerful. And each one of you will be tested on all three of those medals as the competition goes on. We're gonna have our first elimination in four weeks' time. Whichever Diva rookie wins the most challenges will be immune from elimination in four weeks' time. So with that said, it's time to put your best foot forward. We are going to have a Diva Dance Challenge! Yeah. The future is now. Welcome back to season three of Half K NXT. This is your new boy, Primo Nando. And your boy, Larry, Larry. Larry, Larry. Yeah. Ah, I get it. <laughs> I get it now. I was going to, um, I really thought about uh, giving Larry Knight a call, but he didn't want to do it. He he uh he's on he tapped out after one season. Yeah, he's cool, man. He didn't want to do it again. So I mean, you know, here I am, Larry, Larry. Yeah. Well, we might get Jamie, Jamie one day <laughs> since Jamie Keys is on this season. So yes, yes, we'll see. We'll see. We shall see. Well, welcome back to Half K NXT. I know it's uh it's been a little bit of a while, you know, but you know we have some we put out some extra content as well and just. To kind of give you guys something to nibble on, I would I would say, you know? Yeah, it was like an appetizer. Yeah. A snack even. Almost until while we prepared this next season. Because it was like a real expensive meal that we had to make for y'all instead of just giving you more leftovers. Yes. <laughs> that was very intricate. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, sometimes you just got to make these things up on the fly. Yes. <laughs> cool. And yeah, as we mentioned, we recently just went to uh, Houston for the Royal Rumble weekend and we have those episodes up as well if you wanted to take a listen but yeah so glad to be back on the half k-ness known as nxt-ish mm. mm. nice i like that <laughs> cool so yeah season three how um how are you feeling about this season so far <laughs> you know we'll see um you can see very slight glimmers you mm. see it and you know since we get the the power of hindsight with half K. Right. We get to kind of, you can see what these people end up becoming in their character, but even though this is the first time we get to see it. So I'm, you know, I'm interested to see how the season plays out. Right. I think that's the interesting part about doing a retro podcast is that you get that luxury of knowing how career paths kind of go but it's also kind of a cool thing going back because now this is close to 10 years old where you uh you you see it with kind of like new eyes because you remember what the results were but you have no clue how we got there you know what i mean exactly yeah so mm -hmm. so i think it's pretty cool that we kind of know how the uh they develop in their careers, but we kind of want to know exactly what twists and turns happen along the way. You know, it's pretty dope, especially with, um, you know, uh, this is retroactively 2010 and it is currently 2020. So mm -hmm. it's almost like a mini 10 year challenge yeah. because we get to see where they, where they started from and kind of, we could think about where they are right now, mm -hmm. given in, you know, it's exactly 10 years that passed by ish. Yeah. No, that's the that's the really cool part. So, yeah, so NXT season 3 is a little bit different from the first two because it was a all male rookie cast and this is the first time that they are trying out the female rookie cast and also it's a little bit shorter of a roster where it's only 6 rookies. Mm, that's right. As opposed to the standard 8 rookies from mm. uh season 1 and season 2. And this one also has a mixture of pro uh the pros are both men and women 
as opposed to on season two where it was just lay cool that were the um the only women pros that during that season very true i thought they were gonna go like mostly divas for uh pros and then maybe one dude but mm. they just didn't go that way yeah yeah it's kind of interesting but i i'm kind of happy that they are at least attempting to mix it up every season so pretty cool that they at least tried out this uh all women's rookie Ooh, rookie you know cast what? If you think about it, mm-hmm. since Lay Cool was two women, yeah. they only have two dudes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's kind of the same thing, just reverse. Uh, yeah, yeah. But that's it's true. just, there's not as many of them, but it's kind of reverse. Yeah, that's true. Cool. So, yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. Since the WWE Network does not give us the numbers anymore, I've been keeping track of them based on uh, when we initially started covering the episodes. So, this is technically NXT episode 29. And this episode comes from, oh, I should say this episode is on September 7th, 2010. It comes from the first Mariner Arena in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Yes. Thank you for the uh, correction. No problem, dude. (laughs) Cool. So, and we also get a brand new intro slash theme song. We'll get more into that later. But uh, I'm kind of glad that they're actually still doing pyro at this point, too, because I thought they were going to like start downscaling kind of what we were talking about before, where to Sunday Night Heat and main event, where when the shows initially start, they kind of bring out the big stars for the first like month of episodes. And then as the uh, as the show gets older, when it starts getting into the three or six month run, that's when you start seeing like Al Snow and, <laughs> and uh, Crash Holly main eventing the show. Al Snow or Crowley. <laughs> And who else is like kind of oh Stevie Richards? Yeah, <laughs> basically everybody from the like literally the job squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. But it's funny how Sunday night he started out with Undertaker and The Rock, and oh, all they brought like, the big guns out for every time, every mm-hmm. time. And it's like you know what? Let's get normal. Let's yeah. just show you what it really is. Yeah. <laughs> so at least with, at least with this, there's uh they're in season three, but they're still at least giving the women pyro here. They do a rundown of the roster and Josh and Cole are actually back on commentary and we get into our first segment, which is the pro and rookie introductions. And then we do a mystery reveal because in the intro, we actually see Vicky Guerrero, but there's a question mark on who her rookie actually is because originally it was supposed to be Aloisa, but... Uh, we don't see her in the graphic, so we will find out who her rookie is. Ooh. The mystery. <laughs> so Matt Stryker is back and introduces the pros. We have Kelly Kelly, and she introduces Naomi. Naomi apparently is a former Orlando Magic dancer. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do recall this. Mm-hmm. She also sings, and I think they had mentioned that she raps as well. Yes, I guess she's just total package with music. Yes, <laughs> with music and yeah, like the dance profession, I mean, like everything really. Like, it's a well-rounded individual. Yes. <laughs> then we have the Bella Twins, and their rookie is Jamie Keys. She is uh, the former ring announcer on season two. They had mentioned that she really loves the Twilight Saga for some reason. I, well, at least I think that that was a was this a, was Twilight a thing around this time. Or? Yeah, I think it was where the books. And the movies just start. Well, the books. Maybe they just wrapped up. Like, were they? I think they just started the movie series, but I think the books had been around for a bit at that point. Yeah, that makes sense. The movie series might even be older than that. Mm -hmm. 2010? Maybe. Yeah, like 28. Yeah. 28. 2008. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of cool that we finally get Jamie Keys out in the spotlight after them dogging her during the first half of season two yeah yeah pretty funny uh th- i think josh mentioned that at some point he's like hey she looks like the the uh, announcer <laughs> for season two. Oh yeah yeah you're right he, he did kind of like just poke fun at it <laughs> yeah they were chuckling about it for a good while too like mm-hmm. you can hear him like even after they were supposed to be kind of like quiet and you could just hear him kind of chuckling in the background yeah so then we have uh primo and his rookie is AJ Lee, but she only goes by AJ at this point. He'll do last names here, son. Yeah, because we had Jamie Keys and now she's just Jamie. <laughs> so her her fun fact is that she loves comic books and video games. And yeah, I think even um, Josh starts putting her over more as like the nerd of the competition. So I think he's already kind of getting like the majority of the WWE universe to kind of make her her 
the fan favorite. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Trying to just force it down you. Yes. <laughs> then we have uh, Alicia Fox and her rookie is Maxine. They don't really mention any personality traits or her. So it's kind of weird that they um, they kind of just introduced her. They didn't really follow up. I think they might have just mentioned her hometown and everything, but mm. nothing really personality wise that they added to her. True. Then we have Goldust and and his rookie is uh, not uh, not Asuka, but Oksana. Uh. <laughs> And she was uh, apparently a, a Miss Fitness uh, winner from before mm-hmm. in Lithu- Lithuania, I believe. Mm, yes. And last but not least, we get Vicky Guerrero. And her rookie is not who we were once told on season two when they were promoting her. Her rookie was supposed to be Aloisa, who they were promoting at the end of season two. But apparently in half K wise... Vicky had fired her because she had to learn the hard way that no one is bigger than Vicky Guerrero. Yeah, she was taller than her. Yes. <laughs> Apparently like seven foot taller, but I will get more into that because our first Google Me segment of season Google three. <laughs> Come on, man. Google me. I uh, did some research here and Miss Aloisa was actually... Her real name is Lindsay K. Hayward, which is kind of cool. I did not see that coming. Nice. And that's not the only Bay Area connection because she was actually born in Walnut Creek. Yeah. So pretty cool that um, we had someone, I, I believe at that point during the WWE, that was probably the most local one. I mean, now nowadays we, of course, have Shotzi. Yeah, Shotzi. We got Bailey. Yeah. There's definitely more, but oh, and the Us- and the Usos, of oh, course. Yeah they're, S- yeah, they're from SF. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like there's more too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's more now, but back then the Bay really wasn't represented Not at really. all. Oddly <laughs> enough, no. So yeah, so she was born on July 28th, 1987. So she is currently 32. She had the Guinness World Records in 2013 as the tallest actress in a leading role at six foot nine. She uh she was on the indie scene for a bit in Absolute Intense Wrestling and some other in- independent promotions and she got picked up by WWE in 2010 for uh season 3. Mm. The only information I really couldn't find is if she was actually hired or if she was just having like a developmental deal for this show. Mm. Uh I yeah, I was trying to look everywhere and it didn't really state if they actually hired her or if she was just part of the show. As I mentioned, Vicky Guerrero, kayfabe wise, took her out of the season just because of uh, storyline purposes. But there were initial rumors that she was too green. And then at the last minute, they decided to pull her out. Mm. But there was even more rumors after this where they were saying that there was actually leaked photos of her being an escort. Mm. And that's why uh, they kind of let her go, because this was during the PG era. Mm -hmm. So they weren't really um, trying to get people with that. But then I found an article from Bleacher Report because I guess they had interviewed her a week after the uh, show had premiered. And then she didn't really, she kind of gave a, P, a PR response saying like, you know, it's WWE's decision to, you know, hire and let go whoever they want. And I think it's because the Bleacher Report had also asked her, like there were apparently some racy photos of Caitlyn at the time. And mm. so it didn't make sense of like why they would let her go and not Caitlyn as well. So but she just kind of mentioned she was just uh, happy for the opportunity. And I guess she just didn't want to burn any bridges, which is smart. You know, after that, she ended up being uh, she ended up being on her own reality show called My Giant Life on TLC, hmm. which is a series revolved around four women who are taller than six foot six. Nice. The show apparently went on from 2015 to 2017. And she had mentioned during the show that she was. Uh, she had an interest in actually going back to wrestling and she actually trained with your boy, Brian Kendrick. Hey, yeah. So um, I, who else trained with Kendrick? Who was a woman? <laughs> it was uh, uh, it was someone who. Eva Marie. Yes. Eva Marie, right? The, red, uh, the redhead, right? The she redhead, like disappeared yes. and yeah, started yeah, yeah. training with. Ooh, was that that long ago? Yeah. So, ooh. yeah, I remember it. Yeah, I would say maybe. Maybe it, like 20. 20, 2012 yeah something around 2014 ish yeah yeah so i think i think you're right i think around that time is where uh eva marie was also training with Bar- brian kendrick mm-hmm. 
And yeah, I guess just to leave it on a positive note, she ended up having her first son in 2017. Oh, so congrats. Yeah. So pretty cool. And um, yeah, so we finally find out who Vicky's replacement rookie is. And it's Caitlin. Uh, at this point, no one knew who she was because obviously you're announcing her at the very last minute. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we, we know what Caitlin ends up becoming. But it was kind of interesting that the, the crowd still kind of gave her somewhat of a decent pop once she actually got to the ring, mm-hmm. even though that they didn't know who she was uh, at the very beginning of the show. So. Very true. So striker kind of uh, goes down the rules again, and it's kind of the same thing as season two where 50% of the votes are from the pros and 50% are from the fans. And we do our first meet the rookies divas promos. So all the divas get a 30 to 45 second promo. And I think it's, I think they kind of learned their lesson from previous seasons where they, when they gave the hard 30 second or one minute time frame, like they always kind of went either under or mm-hmm. over. So now they just kind of said like, oh, it's going to be 30 to 45 seconds. Yeah, that's pretty good. So that way they're just like not ringing the, the gong or the bell or, or anything like that. Uh, did you have any notes on each of the, uh, the girls here? I gave them all scores. All right. So, <laughs> so yeah, we get, uh, Caitlin actually goes up first. So what did you have for Caitlin here? Um, seeing as, uh, Mrs. Guerrero kind of like made her do it twice. Yes. Um, I gave her a three mm-hmm. cause I didn't, I mean the first one she did, like, I didn't know really where she was going. Kind of like it was it was like right in between. It was like, all right, so you're, you know, you're the girl next door and the one that was like homecoming queen or it was like right, 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 you're right. the dork and the homecoming queen or something like that. So I'm like, I don't really know if you're trying to tell me that you're a heel. Basically saying like, yeah, I'm a heel and I'm a face. Yeah. So, and then I feel like since Vicky made her do it again, you almost had to accept her as a face because Vicky's a heel and she's kind of bullying her. Yeah. So I, 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 I was a little confused, but I mean, it was good for what it was, but it wasn't great or nothing like that. So I gave her a, a three. Yeah. I, I thought it was average. Yeah. I, I had the same thing too, where it didn't feel like I, uh, I should say in the beginning too, it was supposed to be Oksana who was supposed to go first, but then Vicky actually interrupted her mm-hmm. and made Caitlin go first. And then, yeah, that's when she was disappointed and then had to do it again. But I, I kind of agree with you where I, I don't know if it was also like a half K thing for them since I know they had mentioned that all these things, like even though to us, it seemed like everything was scripted. They actually did all these things on the fly as mm-hmm. well. So props to her. If, like she had actually had to cut two promos without knowing it, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's pretty dope. I'll give her that much. But what she was saying was like, all right, average. Yeah. Not average. Cool. So then we actually have Oksana next. So would you have for her? I, I was going to give her a little bit more just because you could tell that maybe like English wasn't her first language, mm-hmm. but she was like, regardless of which is kind of rambling on. Yeah. Um. So I went three for her. She didn't really. I mean, I guess she was trying to take off as a face, but the crowd really wasn't behind her. Yeah. They really weren't feeling it. So I went I went three. I thought it was pretty average there as well. Yeah. And you can tell that they're already starting a uh, a storyline with her pro in Goldust, where she was kind of flirting with him already. Mm, yeah. So they're they're already trying to build that program from from the very beginning. Yes. Cool. So after that, then we get Maxine. I uh I like Maxine's promo because she clearly got to what she wanted to be or wanted to be taken as. Mm-hmm. So I gave her a four. Yeah. Um, I thought what she was saying was delivered well. It clearly established her alignment being a heel mm-hmm. and like kind of arrogant. So I went, um, I went for it. I agree because she was, uh, as soon as she got the mic, she started clowning on Oksana. Mm-hmm. And then the crowd was actually, this was still when like the crowd was heavily doing the what chant. Mm-hmm. So whenever she started saying anything, they were uh, giving her the what. So you can tell she was already favored as like the top heel from, yeah. from all the rookie, from all the rookies. And then we have uh, AJ. I gave AJ a three because I didn't really think she was saying anything. Yeah. It seemed all over the place, but given kind of where she goes with her character much later, it makes sense. But if I'm to watch this as this the first time I seen it, I went three because I was like, I don't know what I was supposed to get out of that. Yeah. Because her like her t- her subject matter was like face ish, but her delivery was almost heel ish because mm. like her her demeanor and like. I don't know. Some of her expressions were almost kind of like crazy to me. Yeah. So I I almost feel like she the Husky Harris here. 
Oh, that's a good comparison. Yeah, she's. I feel like she's. I get Husky Harris vibes from her. Yeah, I I kind of agree. I think she started off where she was trying to be the ultimate baby face, similar to Daniel Bryan from season one. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right. Where after a while, her delivery did seem to kind of skew away from that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it it just didn't. It she didn't commit to being a hundred percent baby face compared yeah. to like what Daniel Bryan did before or. Or even uh, what's his face, Percy Watson from season yeah. two, where he was a hundred percent baby. All in, yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Cool. And after that, then we have Jamie. I gave Jamie a four just because. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's almost unfair though because she was a ring announcer. Yeah. So you like clearly she has microphone experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just I just went with four because it was solidly delivered with confidence, but that confidence is almost. That confidence came with experience of being like not only a ring announcer, but the ring announcer for NXT. So, yeah, exactly. I gave her four. Nice. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about her a little bit later because she has one of those uh, get to know you video packages. Mm-hmm. So we'll definitely cover her a, a bit more later on. And last but not least, of course, we get Naomi. has been missing something for a long time and that's the one and the only Naomi but you know what talk is cheap and actions speak way louder than words so I'm not gonna babble about all the things I can do or I've accomplished because when it's all said and done I know that my actions are gonna prove exactly why I will be NXT season three next breakout star all right, Naomi. Wow. Yeah, you know, I liked it. I like I gave uh, I gave Naomi a four. Mm-hmm. I thought that what she was saying established what she was. Um, so she's a face. I almost feel like this was a lot better than some of her current stuff. It came off more natural, yeah. And like, but then again, maybe because it was natural, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. why I, I really like I like this from Naomi. I thought it established what she was. She just kind of went straight forward. She said. Naomi, the one and only, and that was dope. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, four. No, I agree. And definitely even the audience kind of agreed because I had to hear that she probably got the biggest pop from all the six, all the six rookies. And she got the most crowd participation too mm-hmm. when she was trying to say like, uh, you know, when she called out the hometown name and everyone's kind of like riling up, riling up for her. Yeah, no, she did. She did really well, like to get her. I feel like she might have gotten herself over way than everybody. Like kind of what you just said, I think mm-hmm. uh, she got herself over better than um, everybody else just off of talking. Yeah. So, yeah. She she basically went on to have a, a really good night. But in general, I agree. Like just this promo alone could have just put her over right away. You mm-hmm. know? So we go after this, we go to commercial break and. After that, we have the first Divas Dance Challenge, and Stryker kind of goes over again the the elimination rules for the season. So this time, the first elimination will actually happen in four weeks' time, so basically a month from now. Mm-hmm. And the Diva who actually wins the most challenges gets immunity. So I think I like this structure better, because in previous seasons, they had it where... If you win a challenge, then you get a random prize. And then later on, if you just won one challenge, then you would get immunity randomly. Mm-hmm. So at least this one kind of builds up where you actually have to win multiple challenges in order to get the biggest prize, which is immunity. So I thought it was you can tell that they're actually learning from the, their mistakes. Oh, yeah. And I, I appreciate it. Ever evolving like format. It's like hot fixing from the last release <laughs> uh, uh, patches, and patches. Like, Jesus. <laughs> so yeah we get the uh the first challenge which is the dance off and striker says that the crowd are actually the judges and naomi is first but before she starts striker says that she needs someone to dance with so uh he kind of picks michael cole and instantly the the crowd just boos him because this is pretty much when this is heel at his top heel I know. it was so weird because like how are we gonna judge them fairly if there's like an external source mm-hmm. like so like this whole thing i thought was just weird i actually didn't score them or nothing like that oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. i didn't think it was gonna be fair but yeah it was it was interesting to see them do that like that yeah i 
I had some mini notes where, yeah, when Cole was there, he had like leg warmers and his hat <laughs> and Naomi actually does like some high kicks and even the split. So mm-hmm. she definitely, again, got herself over in this uh, in this performance. Mm-hmm. And then Jamie was next and she she actually just did some basic dance moves. And uh, she was, I think, trying to teach Cole how to like get low mm-hmm. at, at that oh, point. Oh, you know what I did put in like my notes? I was like, you know, it was going to get real because Naomi took her shoes off. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. From yeah. the jump. She was the first one without no shoes on. It was like, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going down. Because even Cole had, uh, I think, ballerina slippers. Mm, nah, so. she, she kicked them shoes off like <laughs> before they even, like, as they came back from commercial break, it was like, shoes off. I was like, oh, man, yeah, here we yeah. go. Striker tells Cole that he needs a break because he's clearly out of gas already. And then AJ needs a dance partner. So Striker now volunteers Tony Chimmel. Man. <laughs> he uh, he actually gets donuts right after, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Man. Uh, so AJ does kind of a pretty erotic uh, strip dance kind mm-hmm. of dance here for the PG era. So, But this is divas. That's what they did. Mm, this is true. This is still like going from what we had in uh the mid 2000s into the pg era so mm-hmm. yeah they're trying to get away with something it's like they they they're it's like all right we're gonna have a competition for the women but we're still not fully out of that kind of like i don't know the the diva area mm-hmm. or like i guess that's just kind of like the best way to put it because diva era is not as smutty as like the era before but it's still not as fully progressive yeah so i mean we're still then yeah no, I agree. Then we have Maxine, and she kind of has a similar like strip dance mm-hmm. routine, and she had like her suspenders and hat, but nothing, nothing that really stood out. I would say. Then we have Oksana, and she says that she actually wants somebody handsome, and she wants somebody young. And then <laughs> we get Josh Matthews, <laughs> who's uh, they mentioned that he's of course a former Tough Enough contestant. I like that. I thought that was dope. Yeah. <laughs> so you think that based on what they just hyped up with them both being young people that they were going to go all out. But then Josh actually trolls everybody and starts doing a slow dance. Yeah, he starts slow dancing. They just, <laughs> they started like swing dancing a little bit. Yeah. So the crowd boos. And then even Michael Cole was saying like, uh, or I should say Matt Stryker was like, this is like a really bad bar mitzvah. <laughs> so you can tell like they were having fun and just kind of clowning on each other during this whole segment. And then last but not least, it's Caitlin. And she also takes her high heels off. Uh, mm, when, yep, when, yeah, she got serious. Yeah. And then they just kind of like got down. She was doing a robot. Yeah. She, they, Josh and her were, were both doing the robot. Yeah, and they was doing a robot. And then she did the running man. And I was like, oh, right, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. You go, Caitlin, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, this uh, this got a, a mixed reaction from the crowd. Like a lot of people were laughing. And then some people started booing when once uh, they were dancing for too long. <laughs> But yeah, after that, then Stryker asked the audience, like, who uh, who you think should be the winner? We get a, a huge pop for Naomi, a couple of boos for Jamie, mm-hmm. a mixed reaction for AJ, boos for Maxine, probably the loudest ones, and then boos for Oksana and boos for Caitlyn, which I, I thought was pretty funny. They even uh, tried to throw in Michael Cole, and I think, actually, I, I lie, he probably got the biggest, like, Definitely, boo. he got the most boos for sure. <laughs> So, yeah, after that, then uh, he kind of declares Naomi the winner because she did get probably the biggest che- uh, cheer and response from the audience. And I- even Michael Cole was like cheering for that one because he agreed that. I mean, obviously, he danced with her as well, but he uh, he's putting her over for mm-hmm, sure on, yeah. on this episode. After that, we go to commercial break. And when we come back, we get a graphic for the season three official theme song. You make the rainfall by Kev- uh, by Kevin Rudolph. Yeah, Kevin Rudolph, baby. So I actually had a question for you on this end. So it's kind of interesting how when we watch some of uh, the content on the network, where if you watch old Royal Rumbles or even WrestleManias, and when you watch certain video packages, they kind of edit out the license track mm. so the one that people notice the most is when they try to watch the wrestlemania 17 promo between the rock and uh and austin because it's not uh my way where you can only find that on youtube now it, they don't have that version. oh they don't do the my way or the highway they don't they don't have it because because of song licensing but it's weird how for that it's not available but then we have these songs that Clearly, this is a licensing deal. I think we got into the era of uh, 
when they license these things, it's okay or something like that. Like they're they're licensed for that show for that purpose. So maybe that's how you could still use it later. Versus like, oh, we're really. I think because what was my way or the highway the official WrestleMania theme? It was, was it? it was oh, yeah man. it was it was one of the themes and yeah they use it of course for the iconic uh the iconic song oh man i didn't even know yeah that's like when i think about that wrestlemania all i think is that song and then like stone cold doing a stunner in slow motion mm-hmm. like that's <laughs> that that's literally a lot of people's go-to when they think of their favorite video package it's it's that package and it's because of the way the song is used mm. so it feels really weird when you go back and watch it and it's not used oh, and man, then but, but now that you watch this you're like oh they're still not only are they still using the song they're still giving him promotion on that episode that it's the song kind of interesting or maybe it's a actually the more i think about it maybe it's more of a licensing versus where it's uh used for a television program and technically the other songs are used for a pay-per-view you know what i mean yeah that may okay that makes a lot of sense i get that yeah i can see that because because mm. yeah then te- maybe now moving forward since like they have the licensed songs or whatever yeah like you know like your takeover themes and stuff like that maybe yeah that's interesting too because mm. it's it's technically not a paid show. Mm-hmm. Compared Maybe to, that's how they get away with it since it's on a streaming service and yeah. there's always revenue going into it. Yeah, for the, for that they could always pay the royalties needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, because every yeah, you're right. All the other shows were pay per views where mm-hmm. you actually had to pay. Yeah, mm. and now maybe since we're yeah maybe the the way that the streaming pay works is that. Uh, they can't like back pay them for that. Oh, you're right. You're right. It might be something like that. Cause since like pay-per-views moving forward now, they were originally paid for by that streaming. You're right. Or, you know, in, in conjunction with the, the pay-per-view that people may have ordered, you know, still, if they didn't have network. Yeah. But since you're giving that uh money from those streams, maybe that's how they can do it now to where like, um, moving forward, that's how we be able to do it in conjunction with what you said about like the television show. Yeah. 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 Thinking back to it, like the network just started in 2014. Yeah. So anything maybe before then, I guess we we could probably like try to study this, like pay-per-views before the streaming era. Mm-hmm. If they had to change those theme songs. Yeah. We could probably check that out. That's a good point. We have a homework assignment now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so up next, we have the first matchup of season three. Mm-hmm. And it is a tag team matchup between Alicia Fox and Maxine. They actually don't get an entrance. So they're already waiting in the ring. And then we have Kelly Kelly and Naomi. So this is actually kind of crazy how we were just talking about how 10 years later, how the team of Kelly Kelly and Naomi were both in the Women's Royal Rumble almost 10 years (laughs) later. And I would have never thought that would happen. You know what I mean? No, not never. (laughs) If anything, I just really wasn't thinking that we was going to see Kelly Kelly like again yeah, the way yeah, yeah. We are, like in a wrestling capacity oh yeah 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 but i'm like hey man and it's really actually even doper to see them run the exact same spots with her they did like the head scissors takeover spot and then like they always do the hurricanrana with her yeah, yeah, yeah but now they just throw in the stink face but like then it's like wow you've been like that has been your moveset forever like it's not even just like running these spots but like that's part of her moveset i'm like mm, yeah that's all you did huh and, and literally, that's what they did in this match to start the match is exactly what you just said. Mm-hmm. So they ran those two spots. And then Naomi did a really cool spot. I don't know what you would technically call it, where she kind of did a... I had here, like, a overhead roll-up where she... I'd say uh, springboard sunset flip. Yeah, that was... It looked really, really that was good. dope. I wasn't even ready for that. I yeah, was like, yeah. whoa. It was... Whoa. Yeah, it was done so smoothly. And I know that she's been training in FCW during this time, but... You can definitely tell her that she's the most polished from all six. Yeah, uh, she was bumping good, too, because I was thinking maybe, well, you know what? She's pretty athletic. Maybe they're just going with that. But then I seen her like bump, too. And I was like, oh, man, you could bump, too. Yeah, you're just solid. Yeah, you've been solid. And uh, yeah, she sold a really good backbreaker when Alicia Fox did it to her, mm-hmm. too, where Fox did a really good job doing the backbreaker. But yeah, props to Naomi for also selling really well. Alicia Fox has always had really good um, offense. Yeah, like yeah. she could always deliver offense really good, like from her, um, like all of her Booker T moves, mm-hmm. and then to like her, um, her Northern Light suplex was always gorgeous because yeah, she yeah, got yeah. like on her tippy toes. Yeah, 
and then uh she had always had a dope backbreaker like yeah 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 she she put everything she had into that backbreaker and then people could sell it it always looked really good so alicia fox has always had good offense and she could sell certain moves very well yeah yeah i'm definitely uh looking forward to the matches that she has on season three and then hopefully later on in other seasons of uh nxt because i know she wrestled a handful during the beginning of the full sale era as well mm-hmm. so i definitely want to uh check out her matches when when we get to that point yeah, yep so after that then she tags out to maxine and michael cole kind of does a background on maxine and mentions that she's from new york and that she's spanish cuban italian hawaiian and of asian descent so the next part is it offensive to call someone a mutt because that's yes, what Josh is. <laughs> that's what Josh calls her right after. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it is. I think it's very offensive to call somebody a mutt. Yeah, like, I, I've always been under the impression that that's kind of like a derogatory term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like people could call themselves a mutt, but you don't be like you, you hear somebody tell you that like, they're mixed with a whole bunch of stuff, and you look them in their face and like, oh, you're a mutt, huh? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. No, you yeah, don't, you don't do that. Yeah. So I felt uncomfortable with him saying it, and I just wanted to run it by you. I was like. Is that offensive? No, been kind of goofy in this episode when Josh was up there dancing. Uh, mm-hmm. Michael Cole said that he was a white man with no rhythm. I was oh like, yeah, that's well, it. You didn't say that. Yeah, you yeah, didn't yeah. say that at all. <laughs> so yeah, you can you can tell they're kind of crossing some barriers a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you know, just kind of. I mean, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like maybe not profanity, but that's still like kind of some like offensive stuff to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. After oh, I should say uh, Cole also mentions that at Night of Champions, Melina is going to go one-on-one with one of the members of Lay Cool for the unification of the women's and divas title. I, for- I forgot that this was the time period where they ended up dropping the women's title. And Oh, just- yeah, it happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They did a whole bunch of title unifying. Yeah, yeah. Stupid. <laughs> so in the closing sequence, we have Fox who tags out to Maxine again. And from there, she picks up Naomi. But now Naomi uh, sneaks in a small package for the roll-up. Fox gets in the ring, but barely tries to like push her off. <laughs> and then uh, Kelly Kelly hits the Luthes press on her. And Naomi actually gets the win here at 353. Mm-hmm. But after the match, question mark, <laughs> mm-hmm. we have uh, Kelly Kelly and Fox who are still fighting on the outside while Naomi and Maxine keep wrestling on the inside. Mm-hmm. Yep. She'd like suplex there and went for a pin or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. You- so. Even uh, Cole is super confused, but they go back to like, you know, kind of uh, horsing around and saying that, oh, of course, it's it's because Tony Chimmel is doing co- uh, ring announcing. Mm-hmm. So that's why everything's such a mess. And well, first off, what, is the match over? Did the bell ring? Well, there was a three count. Well, keep your eye on the action inside the ring. Meanwhile, suplex by Naomi into the cover. The referee is not in the ring. I thought the referee had a three count, but the match is over. And that's what the referee's explaining to the girls. Well, Tony Chimmel's the ring announcer, so I'm not shocked that he's confused. Tony Chimmel is asleep. Here are your winners, Kelly Kelly and Naomi. Nice of you to wake up, Tony. They played that off good. That was good recovery. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, a little bit of a mix-up. You can tell that that wasn't supposed to be the uh, the finish. Nope. But, yeah. Nope. Good old, I love it. That was a good false finish. Mm-hmm. That's not a false finish. Or like that was just a, a finish that an early finish. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And at the very end, before they go to the commercial, uh, Cole's just says, "Jamie, please come back to ring announcing because he can't stand Tony Chimmel." That's great. They were playing it off really good. Yeah. So after that, yeah, we go to commercial, and our next segment is the capture the flags race. So the way this works is that they have five stations throughout the entire arena, from the ramp into the audience and back into the ring. But the catch is that there's uh, for each station, there's one less flag than there are rookies. So, for example, we have six uh, diva rookies and then we have five flags on the first station. So pretty much if you don't get one, then you're eliminated at that mm-hmm. point. So, uh, oh, yeah, I had here where before Mass Striker gives the official go, like all like. I think four women go before mm-hmm. he says go, and he's like, "I didn't say go, ladies." And then they have to like all like walk I know, away. That was hell funny. Yeah. <laughs> so after that, when they finally actually uh, line up correctly, then he says, uh, "Ready, set, go." And at the first station, Jamie is the one who actually doesn't get a flag and mm. is eliminated from the challenge. You know, there's also something else to kind of be observed here is that like everybody else was in like wrestling wrestling gear uh, except Naomi. Yes, like she was out there in 
workout clothes because that's what she wrestled in. So she had sneakers on and everything. Yeah. That and she's just already hyper athletic. So yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. all right, you saw it and it happened. It's like, whoa. She's dogging them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is granted after wrestling a match, too. So, yes. Yeah. Like some of them didn't even do nothing. And then like she. Yeah. So in the second station, this one is where they start going into, over the barrier into the crowd. In the second station, AJ is the one that doesn't get a flag and is gone. At the third station, Oksana is eliminated. The fourth, uh, Caitlin is eliminated. But I don't know if you caught it where Maxine kind of crashes into the barrier. When no, they, I didn't. Yeah, it was uh, it's. It was pretty bad where I, I thought she had like injured herself, but she was still able to to grab the flag before Caitlyn did. Wow. So she crashed into it and still kind of like jumped on the barrier and then jumped up top to grab a flag. Nice. So I thought that was pretty impressive that even though she kind of got a little bit of a, a minor injury that she was still able to. Mm, OK, so it's between uh, Maxine and Naomi for the last flag in the ring. And this is from the outside of the ring going in, into the ring. And yeah, Naomi just smokes her. It's just like really uh, gave it to her, man. She yeah. wasn't ready. You know, it's crazy. They both wrestled a match. Yeah, they had just they was the only ones that wrestled and they still like ended up in the finals. Yeah. And you can based on their movement, you can definitely tell that this was just a free form. Like they weren't rehearsing this at all. So uh, after this, then, yeah, Cole. Jumping white girl. <laughs> yeah, Cole. <laughs> <laughs> Cole uh, Cole put her over and like but I, I should mention that when Naomi captured the flag like she got a really big pop from the audience and then at that point uh, Cole put her over by saying like yeah she not only that she just wrestled and won her first match she now won two challenges and like is really ahead of the pack you know mm-hmm. yeah she dogged them and she presented herself well and, and um like it was crazy because just throughout the night you just seen her winning the crowd over with mm-hmm. like doing nothing but being herself yeah crazy yeah pure charisma at that point so we go to one of the last commercial breaks and we get a night of champions rundown i will only mention the nxt season one where are they now segment (laughs) where at night of champions we have sheamus defending the wwe title against randy orton edge cena and barrett and when I look at this, it's crazy how the only person not currently involved in the world of wrestling is John Cena from those uh, five participants, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like you would have thought that he would have been the one that's kind of like still on top, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because, of course, I think it was a year later that Edge went down with his injury. So at that point, you're like, well, I'm never going to see Edge again. And now in 2020, uh He's actively going up against Randy Orton. And he's back. Yeah. <laughs> he totally half K'd it right there. <laughs> and then we have uh, in the ma- match graphic, we have The Miz defending the U.S. title against his former rookie, Daniel Bryan. Ten-year challenge. Yeah. and <laughs> It is. <laughs> it really, really is. At this point, too, The Miz is also holding the Money in the Bank briefcase oh, as well. This time. Yeah. So he's currently the U.S. champion and briefcase holder. Came to play. He came to play. <laughs> then we have a video package from Jamie Keys. My name is Jamie, and I'm from Sarasota, Florida. I was always active. My mom was always extremely into fitness. So I just kind of took after her and was always doing something, whether it was dance or cheerleading, track. I tried a little bit of everything. I got into weightlifting when I was in cheerleading. I started lifting weights there, learned how, and I just kind of took a love to it. And it's just always been a part of my life since then. I want to be a role model for young women, for old women, for everybody. I want people to know that you can do anything in life. I am Jamie. I'm sexy, strong, and unstoppable. I've been saying this since season two, where right off the bat with this video package, she just shows off them guns, man. You, man you know, they got a lot of like big armed women in this season. They do. It's like her, Caitlyn, Oksana, mm-hmm. and then AJ got like, she's oh, yeah. got very well defined arms too. Like some yoke. Yeah, I think they picked the right cast for this uh, all female rookies because they're in tip-top shape like mm-hmm. all of them really very really, much so. yeah, yeah yeah so she had mentioned that yeah she's been weightlifting since she's been uh cheerleading and that uh she originally went to nursing school but just didn't have any passion for it after mm-hmm. a while and just fell in love with wrestling and she says that trish stratus is one of her idols mm-hmm. 
And after that, then we have our main event match of the night, which is Oksana and Goldust going up against AJ and Primo. It's uh, this I didn't have time to research, but it was kind of interesting while Primo and AJ were making their entrance. Josh was trying to like, you know, flirt or, you know, say that he was interested in AJ. Mm -hmm. And then he said, like, it's because like he and AJ are both from New Jersey. But then he said something weird that he said, like, uh, but maybe that's not a good thing because I, the last time I did it from dated someone from New Jersey, it didn't end that well. And then there was like this awkward silence for a bit. And then Cole was like, uh, I don't know what you want me to say to that. <laughs> so I don't really know what this was about. Like if he was talking about his actual personal life or if there was a storyline between uh, between Matthews and like another uh woman on the roster or something i know right and you know what i just really like how they bounce off of each other they, they don't do, yeah, really yeah. seem scripted like. yeah yeah you can definitely tell because when you listen to raw or smackdown nowadays like granted uh tom phillips is on raw now and and cole cole is still on smackdown right mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. cole is uh you can tell he's definitely just kind of going by what they're telling him to say mm. but in this show you can definitely tell that they're having fun and they really are just kind of bouncing off of each other yeah they just kind of like vibe with each other mm-hmm. so after that we have or i should say this matchup is actually the first mixed tag team match <laughs> of uh of the season as well but also the first mixed tag team match in nxt history as Ooh. well because even though that we had lay cool on season two Technically, they never were in a match. It's because they didn't have nobody to wrestle, baby. I would have thought it would have been where MVP would have got someone and then they would have, you know, had some kind of mixed match match. But nope, (laughs) not at all. (laughs) So the rules are as follows, where the men must face the men and vice versa. Once uh, one gender tags out, Cole actually puts over Vicky Guerrero in this matchup a lot. So at least you and Michael Cole have something in common. Right. (laughs) So Goldust and Primo start off the match and they do some really good fundamental moves, but nothing, nothing outstanding or I should say nothing out of the norm. And then they tag out to Oksana and AJ. They uh, actually say, I should say, Oksana actually hits a really nice shoulder tackle on AJ. And this is when I started remembering how good AJ sells stuff Mm -hmm. because she did that and she took a really good clothesline from her as well. Hell yeah, man. AJ is... uh, Husky Harrison character with Dolph Ziggler in the ring. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a good mix mashup much. right there. Yep. You get AJ, <laughs> and then yeah, Oksana also hits a really good backbreaker as well, and of course AJ sells it really well uh, to follow it up. Then the girls have a kind of a misstep here where they try to go for the mysterious wheelbarrow launch into the bulldog. Mm. They end up mistiming it where like. Oksana doesn't get in the right position to lift her up to to do the the follow up with the bulldog, so AJ just kind of uh, gets out of the move and just gives her like a thrust kick. Mm-hmm. And at at home, I can say that if you weren't paying attention to it, you probably didn't notice it because the commentators were doing uh, a good job of just putting over season three that. Uh, you probably wouldn't have really noticed it, but if you were in the crowd, I would say you would have seen the spot and been like, oh, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that something was off. But yeah, in the closing sequence, they actually just end up running the spot back and actually hit it really nice this time. And yeah, AJ gets the victory with the Bulldog at 144. And after the match, we get kind of a confrontation between Vicky and Caitlin, yep. where primo i had here that primo probably loves being aj's pro just based on like how they celebrate because mm-hmm. <laughs> he just like carries her like ain't they both puerto rican too yes they are mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah he you can definitely tell he's loving it right now mm-hmm. <laughs> but after the match yeah uh vicky is holding uh or vicky comes out with caitlin and she's holding caitlin by the shoulder and it looks like Caitlyn is super terrified to come down to the ring with her. <laughs> so she wants Caitlyn to reintroduce herself again. And then Primo gets upset because uh, he says, like, why are you out here? You're taking away uh, AJ's moment of her first victory and that she should or I should say AJ then says that Vicky should just go away. Then Vicky tells uh, Caitlyn to, you know, go after her and attack AJ. But she kind of really doesn't. uh 
attacker they kind of just like kind of like grabbing each other <laughs> and then aj pushes her off and then caitlin accidentally delivers a big dog roman rain spear <laughs> and then just rams her <laughs> pretty much so after that vicky has a meltdown and starts doing her trademark screams and leaves the ring and caitlin kind of follows her of uh caitlin kind of follows her up the ramp to close out the show so yeah it was kind of interesting how they uh end of that episode at least they are building a storyline so i appreciated that fact that at least they're they're building a storyline yes there. at least something came out of this you know yeah so yeah that does it for the first episode of season three and i'll get into some of the post-show facts so there's quite a bit as i mentioned before this is uh the first women's match that we actually had in nxt history so we had a first ever women's tag team match. Then we had the first ever mixed tag team match. And Tony Chimo is now the third official ring announcer for NXT. Because mm, we, we had, oh, wait, nope, don't say that. All right. We had, um, <laughs> dang, the uh, the Asian one with the muscles. <laughs> Miss Savannah, man. Ah, <laughs> we had Savannah. Then we had Jamie Keys. Yes. Tony Chimmel. And now Tony Chimmel. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Yeah. So the Asian girl with the muscle. <laughs> so it's kind of cool that we're uh keeping track of uh who's who and uh three three seasons in and we're still with Josh and uh Josh and Cole. So we'll we'll see when they end up uh splitting the tag team later in Hopefully the never. Never. <laughs> and yeah, before the show, I we had to readjust some of our stats. So this episode also kind of has uh, oh, I should say this episode has a brand new record mm-hmm. with the lowest in-ring action at five minutes and 37 oh. seconds. The previous record was episode 13, and I believe it was five minutes and 54 seconds. Mm. So I believe that episode still technically has the lowest percentage, mm. but this episode is the new record for the lowest combined. Because what that one had like, was it? Was it still two matches or was it three? I think it was probably two matches, but the episode was longer. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's why that one still has the lowest ratio. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Me and math don't really work. (laughs) But the beauty is I don't have to do it. I already set the template, so I just have to type in the info. (laughs) Uh. Cool. So I would say we could uh, get right into our scoring. So I'll kick it off. And for commentary, I actually gave it a three. Nice. Because I think they did a really good job overall, but I felt that it kind of felt like a regular episode where it didn't seem like it was hyped up as a season premiere. You know mm. what I mean? So Josh and uh, Josh and Cole still had really good chemistry, but it felt like they didn't put over the spectacle as because mm. I, I kind of even rewatched a little bit of season two and they definitely hyped it up. or like, oh, this is a big kind of moment and like mm. we have these uh this new wave of rookies trying to prove themselves and it didn't feel that way here because i think it's because of the challenges maybe that they kind of it seemed more goofy because we mm. had like a dance contest and then we had uh then we had the uh captured a flag so it felt oh and there was a lot of promos too so it just felt like it wasn't building up to uh, a season debut you know what mm. i mean you know what I see exactly what you're saying, mm-hmm. and I almost wanted to change my score, but I'm going to stay with the score with the score that I had originally. And I actually went with four. Oh, okay. Because they made it feel like it was very familiar. Yeah. Versus like, I, and I see exactly what you mean now that I hear it. Yeah. Um, but for me, when I was watching it, and you know, when I was asking you earlier, I was like, how did they? cram so many seasons in one year yeah it's because we're at like episode 29 and we're at the beginning of like the next season so i get it now yeah so i almost felt like uh i don't know if this was intended by them but i almost felt like they they put this one out and kind of wanted to ride the same wave as season two and not kind of like overhype it but just kind of like give you more to watch with different like people in it yeah, but no, I I do I do I do agree with what you said too. Like you didn't get that big season feel to it, but I kind of enjoyed the familiarity of it, and I thought that uh, I think since uh the episode set the the record for least in ring time, 
the thing that I found most entertaining was the commentary. That's true. So that's yeah. why I went with the four. But no, I I I uh, I, do, I see exactly where you're coming from, and I agree with it as well. Yeah. So kind of what you just said with the in ring action, I gave it a two, just because yeah, we had only two matches and they were both really really short. Mm-hmm. Granted, I still will give shout out to all the women in the matches because, yeah, like we had mentioned before, they had really good, solid fundamental moves and mm. a lot of them sold really, really well. So that are I should say those are the positives. But just because of the lack of in-ring time and, of course, since now it is technically the record holder, I, I felt like I had to give it a two at this point. No, I also went with two mm-hmm. just because, um, you know, it, I felt like it was too short to really judge anything significant. Yeah. And um, instead of just going with the average three, I went, I, I had to score it down because of the flub in the first match with mm-hmm. like the pinfall. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I um, same page with, with two on the matches. Nice. Nice. Cool. So for me, I gave production a three because it, did a good job again of presenting the new intro and video packages for the the women who are featured but i think this one is more on my concern with the booking because kind of like what i told you where Mm. uh it just didn't feel like a big deal since it was a season premiere and at the same time they didn't really i don't know i'm pretty sure they're doing it because they are trying to like get rid of that that policy but i would have been i would have liked it if they put more emphasis on it because now they're strictly just saying like oh who's going to be the next breakout star they're not hyping up the title shot anymore no you don't get nothing yeah yeah you, yeah. Just, <laughs> you just get you just get to be the breakout star but you don't get nothing no more like yeah so i that's what i felt like on the production in that I didn't appreciate because kind of what you just said that we got familiar with the formula with mm-hmm. season one, season two that we're like, oh, okay, so it's going to be the same thing. But now they were really putting a heavy emphasis on just the breakout part mm-hmm. and they didn't put anything when it came to like, oh, are, are these girls going to get a reward at the end or whatever? So that's the part that I felt like was kind of lackluster. But as far as like the actual production of the show, I thought it was really, really good. Um, I went production for three because I thought that there was nothing out of the ordinary here to me. It just seemed like that just still sticking with that familiarity, mm-hmm. but yeah, maybe they're just uh, no more empty lives. Yeah, they just oh, want to be okay. honest, straightforward. <laughs> like you know what, this show is just gonna not go nowhere, and you don't get nothing. Yeah, because Wade Barrett's still waiting, right? At this, oh moment. yeah, he's still waiting. <laughs> he's still waiting for his, you know, his everything. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, you know, I guess this is where they really just kind of accepted that this was the show that happened after SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, all right, we're just going to run with it. Yeah, you're right. It kind of kind of gave vibes of, remember when the cruiserweights were a big deal where they would change the ring and everything? Now I, it's just the show after SmackDown. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, they definitely started going down this route. And last but not least, we have entertainment. And I actually gave this a 2.5. So hear me out. <laughs> so I mentioned that I did enjoy the in-ring work despite it being short and, you know, having some misstep, but I really appreciated the effort. But to me, kind of going back to the whole thing that it just didn't feel uh, like a big spectacle, that I watched this in two parts because after the dance contest, I felt like I had already watched like an hour show, Mm. just the way that the show was paced. So even though as I was writing notes down, I just didn't, I wasn't really entertained by the show that I felt like I just needed to step away from it and then knew I would come back and watch the other half at another time. And I, I, I've never done that with any of the episodes yet, which is, which says a lot because there's been some episodes that were also not that great, but I was able to watch the whole thing and, and write my notes down well, this one, like, I wasn't even doing it on purpose. It was more of like, I felt tired by the end of watching the first half of the show. It was literally half the show because after the dance contest, it uh, it had ended. So, yeah, I, I'm not quite sure what's wrong with the formula. I think maybe it's because it's a mixture of it being familiar, but they're not going all in with uh, 
with either the promos or wrestling matches. I don't know what it is. Like, I really can't describe why I just didn't find this episode as entertaining where I had to split it into two parts. Mm, you know what? And then for this season, we're going to get our first score change. Because mm. I actually, uh, like, now that I really kind of think about the um, the conditions that I put myself in to watch this episode, like, I was at Pete's, mm. like, kind of just sitting there chilling, doing this, almost like it was, like, an assignment. Right. So, like, now that I think about it right now, like, I had it as a three where kind of, like, it was just, like, average entertainment. But I'm like, you know, now that I think about it, it wasn't very entertaining mm-hmm. because I was just watching it mainly because, like, as it kind of, like, went on and on. I didn't continue to watch it because I was liking it. I continued watching it because I had to. Right, right. So right. it's like, uh, you know what? Maybe the episode really was not that entertaining. So I would just drop it down to, um, or from from three down to two point five. Yeah, yeah. I, like I said, I even though there were some episodes of season one or season two that it just didn't, it wasn't as great as other ones. I was still able to sit through and yeah, enjoy watching it. But this one, it just felt. Like I wasn't really that entertained, but I didn't want to give it a lower score because I know that there was a lot of effort by the whole team. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So that's why I ended up just giving it a middle of the road score. Mm, feel that. Cool. So with that, I will see what our combined score is and if I can actually get the mouse to show up. Mm. <laughs> it is a what is that number? 2.8. I'm blind now. <laughs> but yeah, so it is a 2.8. I believe there's been episodes lower than that. So You know what? We might even get it lower because now that I'm really thinking about it. Oh, man. Like, I'm going to have to kind of go back to the commentary. Oh, man. And go three, oh. actually. Are we getting a? We are, might. Are we getting our first substitute change after the score has yeah, been done? Yeah, man. We're going to... We just... uh. It's like when somebody like wins the title. It's like a UFC match when somebody wins a, a, a fight. Uh-huh. But then like you realize that that dude tested positive for a banned oh, substance yeah, yeah. and you had to take it back away and give it a no contest. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I had to, I had really had to go back and change this now that I thought about it. Oh, man. All right. So, yeah, that <laughs> one. I just searched and it isn't the lowest episode that we've had. But oh, man, what is the lowest? Uh, I saw a 2.6 somewhere, I think. Oh, so now it's a 2.6 as well. So we have a tie now for the lowest uh, episode. And hopefully, I I do remember the season getting a lot better just because it got wackier. So at least hopefully the next few episodes are a little little bit more entertaining at Mm, least. Okay. So we shall see. (laughs) But to... For sure, this is now the lowest season premiere. I'm pretty, Ooh, I'm pretty sure. breaking. I'm pretty sure that's uh, a record on our end. <laughs> Hold up. On the next episode, the main event will be the first rookie versus rookie match of the season when we have Oksana going up against Jamie Keys. So I'm actually interested in that matchup because, as we mentioned before, like all the women are really fit. But I think these two are probably the most like upper body strength. Most gun showy. Yeah, yeah. So it's the battle of the gun shows next week. And I'm not I'm not talking about Billy Gunn and his son. Because <laughs> oh, I think they're called the gun show. <laughs> Thanks again for tuning in into the season three premiere. We will be here all season long covering season three. But yeah, the uh, the only plug I had uh, this week is pretty much the same plug that I had on our bonus episodes where we are going to be hosting our first art convention slash art expo this summer. If you are in the Bay Area, it is called Art of the Bay. It will be in Hayward, California on June 13th. So if you are in the area, definitely come and check us out. We'll have our own booth there as well, which we'll have, uh, I don't know, we'll have a bunch of stuff there. It's to to be determined at this moment. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, even if you're not in the Bay Area, you have enough time to plan a trip to come on down if you want to see the show anyway. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the only plug that I have is to second your plug with another outlet. Yes. <laughs> uh, do you have some uh, some battles coming up as well, right? I do, man. You know, um, I'm hoping to lock one up this month. I mean, as it's kind of progressing on in a month, I don't know if I'm going to have enough time to, oh, right, right. to like prep for it if I do kind of get this one locked down. But so if I hear anything by this weekend, 
um, I'll I'll take it still. Yeah. But uh, officially, like the one that is for sure coming up is on March 14th. Uh, okay, cool. Awesome. So, yeah, I'll make sure to uh, put those links in the description below. But, yeah, definitely check out my boy battling and mm. us doing our art thing. We got a lot of stuff chambered up for this year and we're just gonna start letting shots fly man <laughs> as as they go <laughs> yeah. but these are good shots though. yeah man yeah. these are shots <laughs> wait no that's not a good song <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> uh just random shout out yeah man you know just ran- come on man <laughs> ran- random shout out to shotsy blackheart just because of it <laughs> yeah yeah see it all makes sense <laughs> all right so thanks again for listening and we will see you next time We out, though.